Right now, the Biden administration, as you know, has proposed significant changes to Title IX. Title IX was the 1972 act that provided protections for girls and women in sports and in equal opportunities all throughout their educational careers, equal opportunities to the males. It has been extraordinarily successful, and now girls are in serious jeopardy of losing those protections because of the proposed changes to Title IX that would... um, essentially erase them as as uh, as living sentient beings it would erase girls girls and women will no longer be things it would be simply a mental feeling or a mental construct if you feel like a girl you are a girl and therefore the protections for girls is out the window so who's pushing back against this in this ultra important issue in our in our lifetime who's who's pushing back one person is a member of the ohio state board of education who has introduced a resolution, an extraordinarily important one, that is rattling, and I mean to their core, the LGBTQ plus activists who are attempting to wipe out girls' protections and wipe out women's protections uh, by way of uh, these Title IX changes. Brendan Shea is a member of the Ohio State Board of Education. This resolution is extraordinarily important, and he joins us now to discuss it and hopefully generate some support in the community for it. Um, Mr. Shea, it's good to have you on the program this morning. How are you? I'm doing well, Bob. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So I've read your resolution three times, uh, and I've looked at all of the clauses, and I've looked at all of the, uh, uh, you know, the important information, and, I, and I'm just... I'm flabbergasted that anybody can look at this and say, I disagree with that, I disagree with that, I disagree with that. You are starting from a biological, scientifically provable position, one that says there are boys and there are girls. There are males and there are females. They are identifiable by their chromosomes. They are identifiable by their reproductive systems. This is an immutable fact. If if we cannot get everyone to agree on that immutable fact, I guess that's the reason we have the other two and a half pages of your of your resolution. How and why, Brendan, can we not just start from that position of accepted scientific fact? I couldn't I couldn't agree more. And you know, people have asked me, even people who support the idea, you know, you make some pretty bold claims right in the preamble to this resolution, which. It's quite funny because you know to call the claim about biological sex bold, but I guess I guess it is in today's day and age. But I think it needs to be said while it can still be said. I think today the majority, the vast majority of the public, is on our side with this. If this continues much much further, we've seen things happen in the past. Then someday, whether it's three years from now, five years from now, the majority won't be on our side. They won't be able to say, yeah, I I understand biological sex, male and female. They won't be able to say that. But today, hopefully the majority of people can read this and actually laugh before they cry. So I think it needs to be said. I have to say, Bob, that I think if we get to a place where we cannot affirm basic biology, that is the first nail in the coffin of education. Because education, it's premised on the idea that there are things we can know. There are certain truths, and that's why you get educated, right? To pursue knowledge, to pursue truth. And if that goes out the window, then the only thing left, you talk about indoctrination all the time, that would be the only thing left. Training up our children in the the latest fads, the latest trends, the latest politically correct thinking, what to post on your 
on your social profile, right? Your social media profile. That would be all we have left. So we have to fight for that first and foremost. Very well said. Uh, and for those who want, I just want to read this third graph of your resolution because uh, this is what you described, or you said others have described as a described as a bold claim from the start. Quote. Sex is not arbitrarily assigned at birth, but rather identifies as unchangeable fact. There are observable, quantifiable, and immutable differences between males and females. The reality of biological sex can no more be altered than can the reality that two plus two equals four. Boy, that's a bold claim that that that, that sex is an, is an unchangeable fact. And of course, I say that tongue in cheek because these people are, are are lunatics and they have an agenda that goes beyond education and that goes beyond science. Um. Let me ask you this. Um, what has Title IX meant to females in academia, in, in, in K-12 through education, or even K-12 through the university uh, uh, level as well in, in the last 50 years? What has this meant to them? Oh, I mean, I think it's, it's meant so much. I mean, what it's done for protections for women's rights, uh, for, for women and girls, uh, the amount of progress that's been made, right, the other side, calls themselves progressives, talks about progress, uh, but this would upend all of that. This would completely gut any meaning of the original of the original law. I mean, to say that now anyone who claims uh, that they're a girl is a girl, uh, it would render the original law completely null and void. Uh, and I don't know if they realize, I don't know if they're smart enough to realize they're doing that or not, but that's that's what they'd be. That's what they'd be doing. You know, um, it, it goes so much further than this um, because I want to talk about the physical protections of girls from having to compete in athletic competitions against males, biological males. Um, but there's an emotional part of this too, isn't? Isn't this attempt to declare gender identity the equivalent of sex? Isn't it pretty much just an attack on the existence of womanhood? I, I kind of described that in, the, in my introduction to you, and I was just riffing there, going off the top of my head about how to describe this. But it, it almost tells girls you're not real. You're 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 not an actual um, construct. Uh, you know, a physically, physio- physiologically, chromosomally, biologically provable construct. You are just an abstract figment of anybody's mind. And anybody who says I'm a girl gets awarded girl status. Trans women are women, we are told. Trans girls are girls. Trans males are males. Doesn't that essentially deny the existence of actual women as a scientific fact? It absolutely does, and they want to have it both ways. On one hand, they say, well, we need to fixate and we need to focus on identity because it's so important. And young people, they they really need to, they, there's a hundred genders to choose from, and you really need to focus on finding the right one. It's so important. On the, un- on, on the other hand, it's rendered completely meaningless, because you can, you can put on biological sex, or you can put on gender like you put on clothing. And it's, you know, in, yeah. in that sense, it's, it's, no, it's no deeper than you know, putting on a wig or putting on a, you know, a skirt. I mean, it's, it's, it, as you say, it completely erases uh, women, it, it erases, uh, you, you know, manhood as well. But uh, certainly, when Title IX had the uh, ha- had the goal of protecting women and girls, I mean, certainly this is a direct attack on them. Exactly. First and that. foremost. 
you know, we talk about the science part. Let's talk about the uh, the grammar part, because I'm a retired English teacher. When I say retired, I lasted six years before I decided I'm tired of this nonsense. I'm going into, into radio. Uh, and so when I was an English teacher, I used to teach the mechanics of language, including uh, parts of speech. And this new adaptation of pronouns is just blowing my mind. You cover this, among other provisions in your resolution, Brendan Shea, of the Ohio Board of Education. Whereas under the proposed rules, actions such as a student or a staff member using a child's legal name and biological pronouns, rather than the child-selected preferred pronouns, a name and pronouns, could be deemed a form of sex-based harassment. Uh, uh, subjecting schools and staff to civil litigation and loss of federal funds. In other words, students and staff alike have to memorize made-up words that have no basis in reality whatsoever, or even if they are real words, words that do not comport to typical standard English uh, grammar rules, such as personal pronouns that are uh, uh, singular versus plural and so on and so forth. And if you don't do that, you are considered to be misgendering somebody and thus sexually or sex-based harassing them. How dangerous is that for kids and staff? It's dangerous on so many levels, and, and we're seeing it take root across different sectors of society. For instance, uh, my understanding is the AP style guide, right, that they produce for reporters. They're already changing that and changing the guidance, you know, basically rewriting, attempting to rewrite the rules of grammar. Uh, I, I was an English major. You, was, you were an English teacher. My father, an English teacher for 45 years. Um, you know, so, so I think what the next thing that's coming is we're going to have to rewrite, if this takes effect and if this continues, We'll have to rewrite our science standards. We'll have to rewrite our English standards, right? Because all of these things are being rendered uh, null and void. You might as well throw out, throw them all out. Yeah. Um, if you just tuned in, we're talking to Brendan Shea. He has written a very, very bold, and when I say bold, I mean that in the sense of courageous, because you you know you are setting yourself up for some extraordinary attacks. You're going to be a bigot, you're going to be a transphobe, you're going to be a homophobe, you're going to be all of these things. So it is a bold resolution for the Ohio Board to adopt, uh, to oppose fully and, and fervently the changes to Title IX being pushed by the federal government right now. Um, so we've talked about the science, we've talked about the, you know, the language and so forth. Let's talk about the, the core issue here of parents. Uh, whereas the proposed regu- I'm sorry, yeah, whereas the proposed regulations would require that K to 12 schools socially transition minor children to a different gender without requiring parental notification or involvement and recognize uh, the right of parents to direct the education, upbringing, and physical uh, mental health of their children. Uh, and whereas for many parents, the nature of human person created by God, male and female, is a deeply held, held religious belief. And children are harmed when parents are barred from the decision-making process to protect their child's physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. This might be the core of all of it. Um, yeah. It, 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 the fact that schools... Would, would dare say we will keep these things secret between teacher and student as if teacher is a bigger role and a more important role in the upbringing and the development of a child than the parent. I think at its core, this is maybe the biggest attack in the entire Title IX proposal and the entire trans movement proposal, really, uh, that is plaguing acad- academia. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, so many of, So much of what's going on today, whether it's CRT 
or the gender issues uh, is an attempt to to separate parents from children, children from parents. There is actually a graphic uh, called the Whole Child Framework. You can your your listeners can can look it up uh, in a search engine. You can find it. It's it's very stark. It has the child in the middle, and it has so many other uh, catch catch phrases around the child. And on the outer rings of Saturn, you find the word family. I mean, it's a stark uh, depiction, visual depiction of what they are attempting to do. And I believe this is the the latest and the boldest attempt at doing that. They talk about safe spaces, and and the implication is that uh, many children. Uh, to their way of thinking, are not safe with parents because most parents today still hold traditional values, still hold uh, a biblical worldview, and uh, that's not acceptable to them. Um, that's that's very well said, and it's uh, and it's very disturbing that I have some other things to read to you now. Uh, I was reading to our listening audience and from your resolution. Which, by the way, calls for, and I'll just kind of get to the, uh, the, the, the end of that before I give you the other side of this. Uh, resolved. The State Board of Education declares its unequivocal opposition to the proposed regulatory changes released by the U.S. State Depart- or U.S. Department of Education. The board supports the lawsuit filed by the Attorney General and 21 other state attorneys general seeking to invalidate the newly enacted Department of Agriculture rules. Um, that tie continued receipt of federal nutritional assistance and other funding to Title IX and the adoption of their gender identity policies. Uh, the board directs its acting superintendent within 14 days to issue a letter subject to the approval of the president of this board to every school district and every Ohio school or institution receiving federal funds indicating that the Department of Education opposes these regulatory changes. Uh, and it goes on a bit. I, I, in the interest of time, I can't read it all, but it's very, very well written and it's very well argued. But Brendan Shea, here's what I received uh, in, in my email inbox from a couple of different people. Honesty for education. Immediate action needed. Say no to the State Board of Education resolution targeting LGBTQ plus students and rejecting Title IX protections. Um, the other side of this is saying you're targeting LGBT kids you, or Q kids. You are trying to make sure that their lives are miserable, that their existence is is not affirmed. Um, you address this though, don't you, uh, Brendan Shea? When when you talk in the end about recognizing the reality of gender dysphoria and making recommendations that they, you know, that that we show mercy to this, that we show real compassion for this, and that there are ways to deal with this that go beyond, uh, or rather not beyond, but rather instead of changing the way all children uh, are treated in schools and changing the way girls are protected by way of Title IX. Yes, absolutely. So the other side, they claim the mantle of compassion. They claim the mantle of love. But is it compassionate to affirm someone in an untruth? Do we do that in other areas? If a child, uh, there, there are other disorders out there, you know, I, uh, the tendency to, to want to cut off, chop off a body part. Do we, do we affirm the child in that? Do we say, yes, go ahead, you know, cut off your arm? No. You know, empowering children to flourish entails helping them to fully embrace and integrate reality. And, and so that's what I think we need to do for all children, including those who are suffering in this way. Uh, you know, the other side, they claim to be concerned about 
children's mental health. They frequently highlight that it's on the decline, and, and it is. Uh, my question would be, who has been at the helm in recent years and decades? Who has had the influence of pushing certain things while uh, students and, and children's mental health has been on the decline? Uh, it's been the same folks that want to push the, the latest and greatest trend and fad in this area as well. Do you have a belief uh, in the numbers? Um, the, these groups that are, you know, the opposition groups that are sending out these emails calling your your resolution, you know, bigoted and, and transphobic and all these other things, they claim that there are approximately 1.3 million transgender youth in the United States and approximately 52,000 in Ohio. Do you believe those numbers? I don't. I don't. I mean, I, I, that sounds remarkably high. They always, their strategy is to appear uh, larger than they actually are. I mean, it's, it's not just a question of numbers, uh, even a small, because sometimes people will say, well, why do you care about this so much? The number is, is small. So that's the other side of the, of the coin. If we say, well, it's, a, it's a, actually a very small number, and then they'll say, well, then, then why do you care? But the reality is it doesn't take, it doesn't take too many, uh, first of all, as a matter of principle, right, to, uh, to go down the wrong path and to ruin it for everyone. But let's go back to Title IX. So Title IX, I mean, when you track you know, women versus men, progress, whether it's in sports or uh, various measures of, of flourishing, you, you won't be able to do that anymore. And it doesn't take more than one or two in a school or in a grade to basically throw out those numbers and say these numbers are meaningless. We have no idea how actual biological girls are faring versus boys, right, under this, under this new regime. You know, um, we're, we're out of time here. It's already 1130, but there's so much more ground still to be covered on this. Um, do, you, do you have a few more minutes? Would you wait through our newscast and maybe do just about three, four, five more minutes on the other side? Absolutely. Happy I would to. really appreciate that. Brendan Shea is a member of the Ohio State Board of Education. He is fighting very, very hard to protect girls and protect kids and to stop this ridiculous movement in its tracks that is being pushed by the federal government, the, uh, uh, the federal uh, uh, education department. We'll continue with him right after this. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by The Floor King and Keeping Medicare Simple. Okay, it's 1137, so we only have about six minutes of radio left here with Brendan Shea, a member of the Ohio State Board of Education. I want to spend those minutes this way, Brendan. One more question. Then I want to talk about the likelihood of this passing the board uh, and uh, a board vote. And then I want to talk about what we as uh, concerned parents and citizens can do to help encourage that. The question goes back to what I was saying a moment ago. I was asking a moment ago, and I said, this is, these are the numbers. Do you believe them, the number of people with, uh, that, are, that are trans in, in, in the schools? And you said no, and I completely concur with that. And so when people say, well, if the number is so small, why are you worried about it? Here's why I'm worried about it, and I'd like you to comment on that. Because they are trying to literally recruit that very, very small number of people who actually have gender dysphoria. They're trying to recruit people into the fold so that they can grow and expand their political power. That's what they're doing with these young kids and why they're sexualizing them and teaching them about sex, sexual attraction, sexual identity and expression in preschools, in K through through 4. 
uh, much less when you get up into the uh, you know upper primary grades and into middle school and high school. They're trying to get these kids to adopt the trendy nature of trans, and you see. Um, Teachers and preschool uh, advisors and so on and so forth all over the internet talking about how I've got a you know I've got a, a, a twenty five kids in my fourth grade class and thirteen of them are trans. Well, they, they, that's just simply absolutely statistically impossible unless she is literally trying to talk them into it and they want to please their teacher. So they're saying yes, here are my pronouns. Yes, here is mine. So that's the concern I have. It is the answer to the question, if the number is so small, why are you worried? Because of what they're doing to grow that number. And that is perverting kids' minds and then eventually talking them into the puberty blockers and into the radical things that are going to affect them for the rest of their lives. Yes, I, I couldn't agree more. We actually had a, uh, a woman testify at the State Board of Education last year about uh, her minor child, her minor daughter, who she eventually discovered after the fact, had befriended a, a group of girls who were following this this trend, this you know this this fad, mm-hmm. and this the, the woman who testified, she she indicated that her daughter actually initiated the transition process, apparently without her even knowing, and she alleged uh, that the school you know by behind her back and at that time illegally. Right, help to to facilitate that along, but but she did speak to that to that fact that that uh, you know it's 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 ironic that uh, kids really do influence each other. Is that a is that a wild idea? You know, is it a wild idea that uh, you mean peer uh, pressure that we've all dealt with it, for the entirety of our existence? Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, and we and we see that. You know, I'm hearing in certain districts, you know, even rural areas that I represent. You know, half the class is coming out just like you you alluded to. Half the class is coming out and saying, you know, I now identify this way. And uh, so there's absolutely an aspect of that, an element of that, um, you know, and a, a recruitment and grooming nature of this. Yeah, it is exactly that. Now let's talk about your resolution and what um, what it's got in front of it. Can you tell me where you think things stand with respect to the rest of the board and adoption of this? I have a number of friends and colleagues on the board who uh, I'm, I'm working with, I'm standing and, and fighting side-by-side side with, um, who have provided input, who have provided encouragement, uh, who will be right there battling right alongside me. In terms of you know the confirmed number today, can I say that that number is a majority? I can't. Can I say that I think we're in striking distance? Absolutely. I do believe that uh, public input matters tremendously, uh, and so that is, you know, I think you said you'll we'll talk about that next. But well, that that's is, just it. Yeah, that was my last question. What can we do? What can we do as public, as the public, concerned parents or just citizens? What can we do to try to stop this nonsense in its tracks and get your board to uh, to adopt this resolution? Sure. So the organizations protect Ohio children, Ohio value voters, John and Diane Stover. Uh, they are they are battling uh, alongside us, uh, you know, promoting this resolution tremendously. If your listeners go to protectohiochildren.net, they'll find uh, toward the top of the page a link that they can click on, and it'll give them all the information they need to submit public testimony. We need lots of written public testimony. Uh, that's a matter of uh, quantity, right? These these testimonies get loaded uh, into our our materials. 
Uh, they can email the board, very powerful, and they can also actually come to Columbus. They can come and testify in person. You mentioned it before. Uh, the other side has you know, so-called uh, honesty. I like to call them dishonesty in Ohio education. Yeah. Uh, we've got Protect Ohio Children and, and uh, many moms, dads, grandpas, and grandmas throughout the state that I know are going to show up. Uh, but if they go to that website, they'll learn exactly the details involved. Is there a deadline? They, they, I believe they ask uh, by Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Uh, but I think we've, you know, we've we've pushed to get it changed that you know, someone can show up the day of. So you can you can show up to the Ohio Department of Education building uh, the, the day of, which is this coming Tuesday, the 20th, um, and you sh- you should be you should be allowed to to speak. Um, if you're not. Please, please look up our emails and, and contact me and, and other board members. And it's this um, Tuesday, this coming Tuesday. This coming Tuesday, and mm. then the next board meeting is October 11th. Uh, Tuesday, October 11th, there'd be another, presumably another session for public input, and then that would presumably be the day that this would be voted upon. There's so much interest in this uh, that there may be a, uh, I'm told there may be a, a separate meeting, a special meeting, that's not been determined yet, uh, so obviously we'll be blasting out that information if that if that comes about. Well, um, I'm going to have to look to the second one then, maybe the day that it's voted upon to come down. I want to come down. I want to have a say. I can't do it Tuesday. I'm going to be in D.C., but I want to do this, and I want everybody to follow that lead. And and uh, the, But the deadline for the written part, the written comment uh, in, uh, in support of this is, is Sunday, you're saying? The written, the written testimony uh, can be submitted any time, and it's supposed oh, to be yeah. uploaded into our board materials uh, basically on the fly. Uh, so the written testimony, you can submit at any time. Uh, and again, that's a matter of quantity, so it doesn't have and that's to be... A, and, that, uh, and that's at Protect Ohio Children, right? ProtectOhioChildren.com? Dot .net. Dot .net. Okay, I wanted to clarify. All right, I want everybody within the sound of my voice to, to act on this. Go to that website, write something in support of this resolution. Make sure you target specifically the at-large members of the board so that we can protect our kids, quite literally. Brendan, we'll have you back on again as this works its way through, but we're out of time for now. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Bob. Thank you for your support. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.